Hello and welcome to The Conjectural, an experiment to figure out a better way to decide what science news is and how we should talk about science. The data for this experiment? Your feedback to theconjectural.com. I'm Robert Frederick. In this episode, a story about nature's most violent storms and how they've changed over the past 40 years. It's springtime, so peak tornado season here in the United States. It's also the start of the baseball season. I've spent a long time as a hobby, as a, as a baseball researcher. Harold Brooks is senior scientist at the National Severe Storms Laboratory in Norman, Oklahoma. The Oklahoma City minor league team in the early 1990s, I went to probably about 20 games a year from them at least. Uh, and there was one player that I thought was completely terrible. He had, and I look back at all the box scores that I kept from everything, and in, in that time he'd hit about 100. That's 100 out of 1,000. So the hitter was only successful about 10% of the time. He was not a very good hitter. The worst recorded batting average ever in the major leagues was George McBride, who played back in the early 1900s. His career batting average was 218. So even though McBride had the worst batting average in major league history, he was still twice as good as the minor league player Harold Brooks saw or thought he saw. If you look at actually his at the whole 140 games of the minor league season, and he was about a 280, 290 hitter. I happened to have been to basically the 20 worst games that he played in the entire year. My impression was that he was not a very useful baseball player, but if I would actually step back and look at the broad range of all of the observations that were taken of his performance, you know, taken by lots of other people, and analyzed by lots of other people, he actually was a reasonably good baseball player. You know where this is going, right? And so that's one of the things when we look at climate, we t- a lot of people tend to think of, oh, I've seen the weather here today, therefore, I know what's going on. Indeed, that was the argument made by Senator James Inhofe of Oklahoma when he brought a snowball onto the Senate floor as an argument against climate change. Of uh, national attention, and in, in case we have forgotten, because we keep hearing that 2014 has been the warmest year on record, I asked the chair, you know what this is? It's a snowball, and that's just from outside here. So it's very, very cold out, very unseasonal. So here, Mr. President, catch this. And yes, he tossed the snowball. But back to baseball statistics and Harold Brooks. My first peer-reviewed article was on, was on looking at uh, what was called clutch performance by hitters uh, back in the 1980s. And one of the things that I, I noticed from my own empirical thing is that the statistics of baseball, when we look at, you know, when people talk about, you know, you know, being a stat geek or something like that, as opposed to watching players play, what really statistics were, were were systematically collected observations. So the stat geeks make their predictions by taking advantage not only of their own observations, but the observations of dozens, hundreds, thousands, even millions of other people over multiple years. So what's all this got to do with how tornadoes have changed over the past 40 years? And when we have an individual event, uh, and this has happened forever, you know, people tend to think, oh, this is the, you know, the worst whatever that's ever happened or the, the worst whatever's happened in my area. And one of my jobs in some sense is to look back historically and say, well, you know, given all of the records we have, you know, yeah, that's not the worst thing we've seen in your area or that may well be just about the worst thing we've seen in your area. And so for tornadoes? 
We've got no evidence that we've seen any changes in intensity. We really evaluate it based on the observed damage. The timing of the beginning of the season has changed a lot. We've had the five of the six earliest starts to the season have happened in the last 18 years, and four of the five latest starts have happened in the last 18 years. And so we're starting to see a, a much wider range of that starting date. The, the number of tornadoes overall we see, say if you look at a, at a 10 year average, the number of tornadoes in the US that we see hasn't changed much. There's about 500 a year that cause some damage out of about 1,300 now that we, that we observe. But whether tornado season starts early or late, Brooks says it also has become more concentrated. Those 500 tornadoes on average that cause damage each year in the United States are happening in a fewer number of days overall. We used to have tornadoes that caused damage 150 days per year. We now have about 100 days per year. But the number of days with, with 30 or more is, it used to be like about half a day, one day every two years. Uh, and now it's about, it's about three days per year. And so we're getting more days with lots of tornadoes. Uh, and that was based on, on the historical observations. And we actually didn't see it right away because we were sort of looking at these sort of, you know, what's the decadal average? What's the average over a 10-year period? Has that changed since the 1970s? And you'd find, well, no, that hasn't changed. And if I plot a map of where the tornadoes occur, that's, they're about the same maps as we would have had years ago. And so we went through, and as we did a little more digging into the data, we discovered this, oh, they, we've, we've changed the pattern. What's behind the change in pattern? It's, it's very tempting based on that time scale from the 1970s till now to think that it's likely related to global temperature increases. Well, we don't have a real good physical physical explanation for that at all right now. So what we really need to try to f think about is why would the tornado distribution on days have changed? And one of the most obvious things is that, well, it's likely then that the pattern in the atmosphere has changed, sort of the wave pattern of the atmosphere. Wave patterns. Those are the moving high and low pressure areas that you see on weather maps. And what we really are looking at is if most of the time when we have significant numbers of tornadoes, it's associated with an upper level wave, a wave, say, uh, at uh, five kilometers above the ground, six kilometers above the ground. We see a wave coming through that sets up the right kind of conditions near the ground that are favorable for making storms. So if the history of the wave patterns that sets up the kind of conditions near the ground that are favorable for making storms match up, with the locations of those tornado-producing storms, then at least scientists will know what's behind the changes in tornadoes over the past 40 years. Or that's the thought anyway. It's probably a better model than we currently have for relating the large-scale environmental conditions to the tornado scale, because that's a big part of this question. But we, we can imagine looking and seeing, are we having fewer days where we have any kind of chance of having a tornado, but that we're having when we on the days where we do have the chances, the geographic area that they cover has become larger. Or is it, are we getting more tornadoes in the same size areas we had before? We need to kind of address that question to try to figure out, you know, is, it, uh, is it the atmosphere is becoming more efficient in a unit area, or is it just we're getting a larger area for, for storms to form in? So that's step one. And that's a, that's a big step to make to try to, to try to measure those areas. Brooks says the data to address the waves of high and low pressure areas is already there, as is the data about the locations of tornadoes. They've been collected. Uh, you've got to, we've got to do a couple of big steps. One of them is we actually need to derive essentially better relationships between the environmental conditions and tornadoes themselves. Because we really, that, that's sort of a, the, the we, we use the environmental conditions in some sense as proxies for the occurrence of tornadoes that tell us, okay, they 
one was very favorable in this environment, not so favorable in this other environment. We kind of say we have lots of favorable environments. We should get more tornadoes than if we don't have very many favorable environments. So we need to work on that model that connects those two. Uh, we need to actually then do the analysis of the, of the right variables because there's really not a whole lot of point in just analyzing a bunch of variables unless we have some idea that they're relevant to the problem at hand. But as thorough as scientists like Harold Brooks are in gathering and analyzing data, there could be more data out there that's relevant to the problem of figuring out why the tornado season has changed. Data that scientists haven't started collecting yet. No, I have no idea what it could be. But I'm willing to bet that it doesn't have anything to do with there being enough snow in February in Washington, D.C. to make a snowball, even if the year has been the warmest year on record. Now, back to baseball. The Washington Nationals are currently leading the National League East having played 21 games and so are ahead of the New York Mets, Philadelphia, Miami, and Atlanta. Could this be the Nats' year to make it to the World Series? Does it help to know that they've never been there before? You've been listening to The Conjectural. Thanks to Harold Brooks of the National Severe Storms Laboratory for being on the show. Find us online at theconjectural.com, where you can give the feedback and support that makes this show happen. Download a transcript and subscribe to the show. Follow me on Twitter at The Conjectural. I'm Robert Frederick. Thanks for joining us.